0: You're listening to the Theology Mom podcast. And now here's Theology Mom, Krista Bontrager.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome. Happy Wednesday.
2: Happy Wednesday. I can't see us. That's okay. Uh, We're just going to
1: go by faith that it's there. We're there. Yes, there we are. are.
2: There we are. Oh, look, daylight. Daylight. Yes, praise God. Right it there. I cannot stand when it gets dark at like 3.39. <laughs> it's a mess. Welcome to All The Things, our special midweek edition. I am Monique Desson. And I
1: am Krista Bontrager, also known as Theology Mom.
2: Thank you for joining us. And also, big thanks. wrong with your mic. Uh, are you, is it pointing at you? My mic is pointing at me? There you go. Okay. Talk into it. All, all right. I will eat it. No. <laughs> and also, big thanks to Bob, who reminds me to fix my mic and all the things. Um... <laughs> He is also known as Bob the Button Pusher. Thank Woo!
1: you so much. We couldn't do it without him, literally.
2: You could not. <laughs> um, if you're watching, then I know live? that you are. Yeah, live. Share the show. Yes, and
1: also join on our live chat uh, at YouTube. That's where we are. You can. That's the easiest that place it. to interact with us. Um, and we're still kind of getting situated here. Happy Wednesday, and. Um, uh, share the show. This is We're going to have a practical conversation. It's tax day. Yep. And we thought we would have some, some discussion about money and the stimulus. Because yeah, our stimulus check came into our account today.
2: Yours did. I just did my taxes. So hey, no time <laughs> like the present. Right, folks? <laughs> okay. So let's talk about our show a little bit.
1: Yeah. So it's just... It's going to be a quick
2: show. We're just going to be online with you for a little while, but we do have a couple of guests. Laura Hartley, who is, she's been on before. She's amazing. She is an instructor for Financial Peace University. And she's going to talk with us a little bit about what should you do with this stimulus money? Because I know if the clubs were open, some of y'all be at the club. Just just (laughs) dropping your hundreds like that. No, that's not the way to do it. You know, oh, you had a little club beat. Look at you. What you know about the club beat? Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So what do you do with this money? Do we save it? Do we spend it? Do like to help restart the economy and all that? What would be the best thing to do with it? And then after um, Laura's- Laura, we're going to have on uh, our friend Amanda Burke, who is a
1: viewer, but a frequent commenter on the show. And has a background in finance and she's been doing a deep dive into the small business loans that churches are going to be receiving as part of the stimulus. And so we want to help pastors ask some important questions before they go to the bank and cash those checks.
2: Yes. Cause should you be taking that money from the government? Yes. I don't know.
1: So, Um, but yeah, so we did, we did have Laura on at a previous show last summer. We want to let people know
2: about that. Um, does God care about my money? That's right. And yes. we did
1: a whole show about what scripture has to say and biblical wisdom about money. So you can go catch more background on kind of the theology of money by going back to that previous conversation. Yeah, and it's super
2: important that we uh, as Christians are responsible with our money and that we are diligent and wise in how we're using our money. And I think she comes with a lot of good information. She's actually like supported me through a lot of uh, money questions. Let's and just keep real. tutoring and money issues. And so, yeah. yeah, I am super thankful for her wisdom and it's um, definitely working. Like, yeah. And yeah, as another it's another resource.
1: It's another resource. I want to let people know we did a whole show on capitalism uh, last summer as well with our friend, Dr. Mike, Mike. Dr. Mike Gurney. And we talked about the, another aspect of the theology of money. So if you want to do deeper dives, those would be a couple of resources for you. Um, so let's get Laura on the show. Let's fire up the uh, zoom machine here and
3: beam into Laura's living room. Welcome Laura. Hello, hello, hello. Actually into my dining room, but your dining
1: room. Okay. (laughs) You're you're getting fancy. You got a headset now.
3: I am. I figure I, I want to be heard and not, I was told I, by one of my uh, students in FPU, since we're meeting on Zoom now, that I sounded like I was rapping. And I was like, that's not what I want to be doing.
2: <laughs> you remind me of like that Janet Jackson headset when she was like, oh,
3: oh, oh, There you go.
2: Yeah, I don't know if y'all remember that video. But...
3: No no wardrobe mal- malfunctions here.
2: <laughs> no, this is pre pre-malfunction. <laughs> okay, so a lot of people are going through
1: income adjustments right now. Should we call them that? And um this whole quarantine situation is causing a lot of people to lose income temporarily. Some people have been furloughed. So let's maybe start with some big picture goals for those of us who are working our budgets. Um
2: I am working my budget. I'm just going to go ahead and Raise my hand. Laura is your accountability
1: partner with your budget. And uh, (laughs) so like on our end, um, Bob is not having an income right now because uh, nobody's having parties and he has a small uh, party business, laser tag, mobile laser tag, party business. Nobody's having parties. This is really coming into our big time of the year. Like Mm -hmm. we're have the potential to lose thousands of dollars for our family income because People are not calling him right now because they can't have parties. And this is always his end of the year, big school carnival, grad night um, events. And so graduations, there's no graduations. So as people like us are thinking through our budget goals, what are some some things that we should we should be keeping in mind during this season?
3: I think the biggest thing is to control what you're able to control, you know, and not uh, stress about those things that are out of your control. And if you are losing part of your income, like what you guys are, go back down to covering the basics. As Dave Ramsey always says, take care of those four walls first, which pay your mortgage, pay your rent, take care of utilities, um, make sure you have food on the table and transportation.
1: Okay. So those are, those are our four walls. We need a place to live. We need electricity, transportation, transportation, and food. So those are, those are our budget priorities.
3: Yep. Those are your budget priorities. Um, continue making minimum payments on things. If you're working the debt snowball, if you're paying off debt, go ahead and slow that snowball down. Um, don't pay extra on things, but just continue to make the minimum payments. Um, and Take lots of deep breaths um just you really start to pri- need to really start prioritizing what you've been spending money on what's actual needs versus what's wants i know for us like we're not spending as much money on gas because we're not driving anywhere so that's great that and the price of gas right now is astronomically cheap um i just filled up for ten dollars today because but-
1: because demand is low that's mm-hmm. that's how Yeah. Pricing works is as demand goes down or then prices also go down. Um, but right now we want to, a lot of our money is instead of buying gas and and eating out, our grocery bills are off the hook because we're eating at home
2: all the time. Who knew that people needed to eat dinner every day?
3: Monique's like, I I've made
2: 3,000 meals in
3: the last month. <laughs> and they month. want breakfast and lunch and snacks.
2: Yeah, yes, I cannot even. But I do yeah. think that you bring up a good point with, you know, a t- um, 10 to the four walls and then take a deep breath. Because biblically, like, we're not going to add a day or like an inch to our stature by stressing about it all. Oh, mm-hmm. thanks for telling me that I was looking at the wrong camera, you know, so. <laughs> Sometimes people, <laughs> it's okay, the Middle people. of the week. um, You know, so I think that's really important to remember, like, you know, do what you can and what's in your control and then breathe. And remember that God still is in control. And none of this took him by surprise.
3: Exactly. I'm seeing so much of things that have happened just in our own um community and people that were around, how many things that the Lord has put into place that's put on their hearts to put into action that were were amplified and so much needed during this time of quarantine. Um, like our pastor in January was saying like, hey, I really want to see us be able to stream our services online sometime in 2020. Like this is my goal sometime in 2020. And I'm like, oh, don't make visions like that, because all of a sudden overnight, we had to have it done, right? Because um, we couldn't meet in church anymore. Um, but definitely do not discount the fact that the Lord is still in control. Um, and he's got it all covered. I think that's but- an important point. So we want to
1: have sober judgment. You know, that's a biblical concept. We want to use wisdom in control the things that we can control. But we also have to trust the Lord to provide for all of our needs, So we're balancing both of those biblical truths. And also another biblical truth is that of sharing Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. sharing with our neighbor, looking out for our neighbor, trying to help people, you know, with their shopping, um, with their needs. And we're going to actually be talking about that on Saturday's show. We're going to be devoting a whole show to helping the poor, especially in this season. How do we help resource people who are falling short yeah. in their income. So we're going to continue with the practical biblical wisdom here on all the things, because we want to provide equipping and training for you to live biblically, but in the real world. Mm-hmm. And we think that the yeah. theology comes to bear on all of those things. So, um,
2: yeah, let's get into the stimulus situation. Yeah. So, okay. People are starting to get their checks. Um, I'm waiting for mine. My- But (laughs) what should we be doing with this? Um, I've heard things run like across the gamut from make sure you save some because, you know, at next tax season, they're going to ask for a percentage of it back because you're going to be taxed on it. Then I've heard that isn't true. Um, You know, Christians shouldn't take from the government or like the money's coming. And, you know, what should we do with this money?
3: Yeah, that's a very good question. It's a question that I had myself a couple weeks ago um, and started looking into it more. Um, And I know I've heard people say like, oh, you need to spend it to stimulate the economy. And really, the reality is, look at where you're at. If you're struggling to meet those four walls and to take care of your family, then definitely use that stimulus money to take care of paying the bills, groceries, getting people groceries, whatever, wherever that's needed. And then whatever is left over, once you cover your basics, throw that into an emergency fund um, so that that way you have something there if something else comes up. If you're doing OK and there's no threat of your job decreasing or your income decreasing, then go ahead if you're working the baby steps. And that's that's the world that I um, that I live in is working the Dave Ramsey baby steps. And so um, if you're doing that, then go ahead and use that to boost whatever baby step you're on. If you're paying off debt, if you don't have any threat of losing income, then you can go ahead and throw that at paying off your debt or boosting your emergency fund if that's where you're at Um, or investing it as Dave Ramsey always says, you know, stocks are on sale right now because stock market's really bad. Um, What about the tax question?
1: Have you done any research on whether or not we're going to be taxed on this stimulus money?
3: Everything I have found, what I've researched is, it is absolutely tax-free and you're not going to be taxed on it. You're not going to be taxed on it. You're not going to be asked for it back. um, But it is our government going into deeper debt. So we will end up paying for it. We're going to pay for it somehow. I mean, let's, let's be clear. Yeah.
2: So, your advice then is with this money that's coming down, if you aren't debt-free, you should either be applying this toward your four walls or applying it toward your debt.
3: Yes, but I would even say if, like, your income is fluctuating and you might not have the same income, go ahead and put it in your emergency fund, and then when all this rolls over because we will get through this, right? We know that there is an end. We're not going to be like this forever. Then you can look, you can take that money and throw it at, like make a big, big dent um, on your debt. So if like, that's, that's the thing. It all depends on your current circumstances. Um, if- so
1: when we think about even who's getting the money, there was a graphic Monique pulled just moments before we went live Because people need to know that not everybody is going to get money. We were surprised this morning when we got our amount in Bob woke up, looked in our bank account, saw the stimulus money was there. Um, We thought we were getting money for both of us, plus both of our kids. We are our ages 17 and 20, but we did not get money for the 20 year old. And so we have a little list here that we ripped off from somebody else. (laughs) Let's be clear. Um, About who's not getting stimulus checks, college students. That's our 20-year-old. Disabled people whose parents support them, seniors living with their kids, immigrants without Social Security numbers, babies born in 2020, higher earners who lost their jobs, parents who split custody, and people who owe back child support. So people need to know if you have a college student, that's a fairly significant
3: gap that you're not going to get money for them yeah that's the big bummer that we've found too is our 20 year old also we don't get stimulus money for her and she doesn't get a stimulus check yeah even though same she's with ours earning income and filing taxes um so it's once you turn 17 you're just in this like i don't know it's a no man's land because no man's our land, yeah. our girl just
1: turned 17 right after the deadline. So we did get money for her, but, um, that I don't think most people know that there's that no man's land from 17 and above. If they're if, even if you're claiming them as a dependent, do we claim her as a dependent? Yeah, we do claim her as a dependent because we're financing her in college, but she is working. She is filing her own taxes, but she didn't,
3: she didn't get a, a check. So, yeah, it's that between 17 and complete independence, you're just in this lost land of yeah. credits. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's other, there's other conversations of other stimulus packages coming. We won't go into those now, but there are some other things on the table. But just we need to keep in mind, this is
2: just the government printing money, people. like That's my question. I was like, where are you getting this money from? Because when I'm broke... I can't just print it out and cut it up and be like, a here you go. Well, you know, here it's you go. good
3: that you don't, because some people do. They think that they can just write a check, even if they don't have money in the bank. So, so yeah, it's all that. a little puzzling how, like how this
1: that. actually works, but um, <laughs> you know, there's that. So what are some thoughts do you, that you have maybe on what we should not be doing right now? Like, Maybe not
3: making any big moves. What what should we not be doing in this season? That that is a very good question. As uh, I'm not going to share. As I was just conversing with uh, Monique before going on the show. Of, do not move your investments. Like if you have 401k, even though the government is allowing you to withdraw from that if you need to without penalty. Yes, without don't do penalty. It. Now now is the worst time. Like to unplug your investments is bad anyways and while the market is down is the worst time to pull out of it um, because the market will recover the market is a roller coaster all the time and the only like I said the only people who get hurt are those who jump off the roller coaster so write it out just like we saw we watched our our oldest daughter's uh, college savings go down to basically nothing in 2009 and it was like well guess she's not going to college um but it it recovered recovered. yeah it wasn't very much money to begin with but um it recovered so know that it will recover um so we shouldn't do any like debt
1: consolidation plans we shouldn't do any any big moves we 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 should
2: she brings that up because i was asking her the question i was looking at some of my own personal stuff and was like hey it doesn't take it. Like they're not going to penalize me if I move this or if I take this out. She was like, stop it. Stop it now. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but why, why? But when I looked at it, uh, maybe when all of this first started, like March, I had lost some money, but now, I mean, in, in 14 days, I've recouped some. And so I was like, oh, that's not too bad,
3: but
2: can I take it out?
3: She said, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> don't make any big moves don't make any big moves i i think it's just a good a good thing when you're in any sort of budget crisis is try not to make any major decisions now is not time to make a major purchase to go out and buy a car to um so
1: we shouldn't use our stimulus money to to uh
3: have a big party can i get my done? <laughs> well Obviously, nobody's there to do your eyebrows. So they can't they can't work. So I think yeah. you
2: bring up you bring up a good point of, you know, don't make big decisions. A lot of times big decisions are based in fear. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want to make big decisions that are fear-based. We don't want to be living and making decisions from a place of like uncertainty or I need to do this because what if and all that, like at some point we have to be concrete in our faith and say, no, I'm going to trust. Yeah. And so I think that's what I hear you saying is, you know, no big decisions, no fear based decisions. Stay with what you're supposed to be doing, attending to your four walls, making sure that there's food for your kids, putting things in savings Acting responsibly and wisely and not going out and buying a new car because you feel like, oh, a car will never be this price again. Or maybe I need to, you know, stock up on 75,000 rolls of toilet paper because now I have (laughs) $1,200. What are we going to do in accordance with wisdom and how the Bible tells us to act wisely? Now, here's a question. Do I have to tithe on this money?
3: Well, I mean, have to that that comes down to an attitude and perspective, right? um i i would say and it was something like i mean because i am that person that asks the same questions of myself all the time um and i did hear uh dave ramsey say like anything that's income anything that comes into my bank account is income and he always tithes off of that and so i was like you know that's a good point um even if it's not necessarily tithing it to your church at this point since it's extra money um to somebody who could use a little more to their stimulus to get out of a deep hole and even that's what I was going to say even if you're in a spot that you're living easy and this money isn't something that you need to take care of things in your family look into how you can bless somebody else Um, maybe even you know put it into a program at the church or um, do something on your own and it we always know when we give generously, it multiplies unendingly. Well, that's that the is thing, true
1: is part of biblical wisdom with money. There's so the Bible has so much to say about money. Like oh, seriously, you, if you haven't ever done a deep dive into scripture, when it comes to money, like that's a worthy topic to look into. But one of those principles is, is giving generously, not giving under compulsion, sharing with others, these are manifestations of our holiness. It's how we show that we belong to God. It's it's an evidence for God. It's an evidence that he lives in us. And so, you know, be in that conversation about what you might share with others because uh, we want to be wise about it. We don't want to just be free spending. Uh, and, um, you know, we want to live as godly people. And a big part of that. Is how we manage our money. Yep. So once again, I want to encourage people to catch our, our full interview with Laura from last summer. Does God care about my money? That was a fun time. And uh, looking, Money, 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 money. Hey. Looking at biblical wisdom on money.
2: Sometimes I just think that I'm the only one who knows these songs. But <laughs> never mind.
1: You're just the only yes. one who's brave enough to sing them.
2: That was a good show, though.
1: Okay. It oh, really was. The Apprentice? That isn't from The Apprentice? That's the opening for the <laughs> Donald Trump's old reality Trump show, Trump. The Apprentice.
2: Oh, golly. That's from the show. Um, It's from a movie. We got to roll what, those. What, what is the name of that those movie? Let's get going. No, what is the name of that movie? Money, 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 money. Yeah, that's money, the Donald, old Donald money. Trump reality show. Um, <laughs> No, no. I will let you guys know. No, it's the movie. Oh, uh, what the? Letting me know. No. Oh, somebody says Italian job. No, not that one either. It's before that.
1: Oh, okay. It's, a, it's um, now she's New York be Googling. City. What was the name of that? Movie? Okay, we're going to say goodbye to Laura while
3: Monique. Laura, Googling. thank
2: you so
1: much.
3: <laughs> thank you, ladies. Bye. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Okay. That's
1: good. All right. So that was our first guest, but don't go anywhere because the live stream is only half over. We're going to have on our next guest in just a minute. Bob's working some magic to get our yes. second guest up. Ooh, look. An infinite regress of us. <laughs> That's kind of scary. Um, we're going to be joined here in just a minute by our second guest while Monique is still Googling the, the so song. The original
2: song was that by Abba? No. Money, I money, don't... money. No, it's not. Like it? It? No. Yes. No. We'll get a copyright strike. Don't do that. It's a, It's like a movie from the 90s and they are oh. Goodness! Bob's working one on the uh, person to be in the with Zoom me. machine. This is seamless. One person. We'll never again have
1: two two guests on the show.
2: One person to who knows that song? It was um, not Boys in the Hood because that was a long time. That's way before my time. Um. Oh, there she is.
1: All right, Hi, Amanda. Here we, here we go with guest number two. We're gonna fire up the Zoom machine. Bob's getting y'all situated. So we're gonna switch gears here and. Let's see. Are we good? Bob's still getting you up. Uh, Okay. We're going to talk a little bit about the SBA loans coming in for churches. That is another component of the stimulus plan coming down the pike. So our friend Amanda Burke, who is a frequent commenter on the show, viewer, uh, she likes to send me low-key ideas (laughs) for videos. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, she likes to uh, send me articles and things to look at. So I'm glad to have her on the show as a guest and she can speak into some of her area of expertise. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, we're excited to have you here. So it looks like you're in your homeschool room or something there.
0: Uh, Yes, this is my dining room converted homeschool room for the kids. Yes, ma'am. Well, we're
1: in our former homeschool room that we converted into a studio that's really supposed to be a living room.
0: <laughs> yes, this is supposed to be a dining room, but yeah. it's multi-functional at this point.
1: That's right. You got to do you got to do. Before this, it was do. a museum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in finance.
0: Yes, so um, I started my journey in finance about 15 years ago. Um, I graduated from Campbell University's Trust and Wealth Management Program out in Bowie's Creek um, in North Carolina. Um, I am a licensed financial counselor uh, through the Association of Financial Planning and Education, and I am a financial planner candidate um, currently, planning to take the exam in um, November of this year. So she's wow. got all the credits. Um, yeah, yeah, this, not 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 really. me. Um, but I am also the co-founder of um, Camp Change Ministries, which is a stewardship camp to design to teach children about financial literacy as well. That's wow. so cool. So
1: awesome. She does like summer programs and and things to help teach kids about financial literacy. And I, I Monique, and I have had a lot of conversations about. Social justice issues and
2: that's is a huge social justice issue yeah. we should I'll, I'll be talking to you later on because <laughs> yeah I can see yeah. some possibilities for that
1: because we yes. we think um, that social like that financial literacy is something that could be such a help to so many people that um that just there's a gap there for a lot of people and I've said we need more churches to teach financial literacy. To people, especially in low income areas, and teach them how to succeed. So, Mm -hmm. very cool. Absolutely.
0: There's definitely a need for it.
1: Yeah. So, tell us about what's coming for churches in the stimulus package. I know that you've been diligently researching this for the last week or so. So, just give us kind of an overview of what's being offered for
0: churches. Um, yes. So for many of the churches, the biggest program right now is the Payroll Protection Program, otherwise known as the um, PPP program. And in that program, it's designed to help um, employers and businesses with fewer than 500 employees to keep their um, employees uh, covered through the pandemic, um, and if they keep them on the payroll and cover qualified expenses from February 15th to June 30th, then they have an opportunity to have these um, loans forgiven on the back end. Um, and some of the things that they would have to use the money for would quali- that would qualify for the forgiveness part would be for um, mortgage interest payments, utilities, um, any sort of rent payment, and of course payroll costs.
1: So when we think about this money that's coming in, it sounds like it's sort of a provisional loan with the possibility of forgiveness. Is, is that kind of it if they use it a certain way?
0: Yes. Um, the, the stipulations are that you use the money for those purposes intended. And anything outside of that is um, oh, subjected so cool. to have to be paid back.
2: Okay, so if you, you if you don't use it according to how they tell you that you have to use it, then you have to pay it back, yes,
0: right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And that you would pay it back with interest? You do. There is a very low interest rate of 1%. Okay. Mm-hmm. So,
1: so, go ahead. You have more experience with accepting government money. So, why don't
2: you ask the questions? <laughs> Your
1: background in social work.
2: So, what? Okay. I, yeah. I have a lot of concerns, um, based on, you know, a lot of the experience that I have with grants, um, coming into nonprofit organizations. I haven't been, you know, on a church leadership board or council having to consider these things. But I know that in my experience, a lot of the grants do come with some major red lines and red tape of like, you can't cross this. You can't do that. Um, proselytizing would be one of those things. Now I know that coming into a church that wouldn't be on the table, but what are some of the concerns that you have in reviewing the, the money and the grants that are coming down?
0: Absolutely. Um, so some of the concerns that, that I had, um, regarding this and researching, and obviously, you know, there, there is, um, you know, I'm not a lawmaker or an attorney or an SBA rep, but I'm speaking solely for my own opinion and just presenting the findings that I, that I found through the research. Um, but you know, through this act, um, it really, the caveat or the thing that's being said the most is that the devil is in the details on this. Um, you know, again, the program was rolled out very quickly. This is a the first time that churches have ever qualified for government, um, funds. Um, there, there have been some things through FEMA in the past that, uh, churches have applied for And some have been, uh, rejected for those things and they've had to, to, um, go through litigation to get help from the government. Um, but in this particular case, this is the first time that it's ever been rolled out this way. So there have been challenges to the application process and for a lot of the, um, the church is to get clarification on what they're agreeing to ultimately in this, um, this application. Um, and one of the things that they are agreeing to is they're agreeing to take the funds and adhere to civil rights laws, which could be a violation of church autonomy.
2: So when you're talking about civil rights laws, When I think about civil rights and and the things that we sign off on in social service, it would be non-discriminatory acts. So how does that break down when things like discrimination can be up in the air? It could be something like, oh, well, now if you're if you are participating in civil rights, you will hire someone who may be homosexual. And that might go specifically against your doctrine If you are a, you know, historic Christian church, what is that? Is that the gray area that you're talking about?
0: Yes. Yes. That is part of the gray area. Yes, ma'am. So for you,
1: when you're reading the wording, a question that's coming up for you is if churches receive these loans, are they getting some kind of religious exemption so that they don't have to abide by some of the civil rights rights? laws is that kind of your, the question that's yeah. in your
0: mind yes and from the statements that the SBA has put out they have said you know we will hold churches to maintain their autonomy um, that we are going to do our best to make sure that that this you know remains as a separation of church and state basically on this on this portion and that's that's what they're saying in their documents. So your question is,
1: (laughs) will this have to be litigated? That's kind of what I'm reading behind your words is that, okay, they're saying that churches are going to get some kind of religious exemption so that they don't have to abide by some of the civil rights laws, but there might be potential there for litigation um, when the small business association or these SBA loans, as they're called, um, this is a government agency. And so you have questions of, you know, mixing, you know, yeah. as to whether or not the government will really follow through on those promises or whether this could end up ensnaring some churches.
0: That that's absolutely right. Um You know, again, the SBA offers a prepared response that says that they don't foresee this happening, but I personally think that this could be a real possibility. Um, And and sort of my opinion has been brought to this point from listening to um, a lot of the lawmakers on some of the speeches that they've given on the topic, talking about this document being a contract, essentially, Um, and, you know, people have had concerns about if the makeup of the government changes, um, could new lawmakers that are involved go back and and make churches pay this money back? That was going
2: to be my question. You know, like when Obamacare first went down and then Trump came into office and those things changed, you know, it's like, well, what happens if we elect a president who isn't President Trump and mm -hmm. there's a change of heart? You know, so it's like, right. you know, they come back at you and like, you know, I'll let you hold that money. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. Can I get half of that back? <laughs> you know, we've changed some of the stipulations now and there's nothing in place or I'm not going to say there's nothing in place. I don't know if there's anything in place that would prevent, you know, good old Uncle Sam from coming back and saying, hey, can I get 50 percent of that back? You know, I changed my mind on some of these things.
0: Exactly. Um, and that, and that's where I'm standing with it at this moment. Um, from the research that I've done, um, I've called the SBA, I've, I've talked to various people, and um,
1: you've it, reached out that, to several attorneys, even asking them for their their opinion, their opinions their-
0: on it. Um, and it just it's very with it being such a new thing. I really think that the lawmakers um, that helped to put this in um, intended it to be. Good for the church, but at the same time, with so little um, fine, you know, fine tuning of the details of the application, and you know, it, from what I'm gathering, it's an 800 page document that this is wow. included in. So there's so much, so much wording and language and red tape there that um, people are, are continuing to ask questions, like, what will this mean for our church? Um, and some of the questions that I think that the church probably should be thinking about um, is to pray, uh, pray about whether or not these funds from the government are really necessary for your church um, to remain functional. Um, you know, right now we are also seeing that many churches are being penalized for holding drive-in services, and some of the governors are mocking Christians. Um, we're just seeing an, a growing hostile environment for Christians during this time. So, um, you know, again, back to the point of the election year, this is an election year. What if our makeup of government changes? Um, What could happen then? So I would just urge caution to really um, think about this before, you know, we go into borrowing. Um, And even for for many church leaders, there are uh, policies that the church has against borrowing money. So. Are church leaders prepared to take on the responsibility of going into debt to the government if these loans are not forgiven? Um, even that, if the interest rates I, I think that's 100%. a really
1: important question. Amanda, is as church leaders, I think you're asking the right questions because, you know, if we want to have our freedoms be guarded and we're concerned about about being ticketed at drive-through services and having our license plates written down on Easter Sunday. You know, do we really want to be going then and turning around and accepting government money? Like we kind of can't have it both ways. Yes. And right. So our elders um in in churches or whatever church leadership structure people have, they they need to be asking these questions of what are we gonna stand for? What principle are we going to stand for? And if we if we don't want the government to interfere in our affairs, do we want to have you the can't reverse have it both yeah. ways
2: it's like you can't to me you can't have separation of church and state and then be in the government's pocket you can't be in the state's pocket yeah. <laughs> saying hey can I get that 50 cents you know because at some point there's an intermingling there I like what Laura said on in the comments She said if everyone ties on the stimulus checks maybe the church wouldn't need to get government assistance I kind of agree you know I know very thing, good go ahead were you gonna oh, something? I was gonna say that's
0: very good. That was actually one of the one of the visions I I kind of had thoughts about for the church instead of depending on the government for the stimulus funds, what would it look like if we had, you know, um, stewardship campaigns for tithing, um, reminding people, hey, you know, the church is still here. The church still needs support. Let's, let's focus on tithing. And, um, and we know many people are hurting during this time, but there are some that are still working and still receiving an income that can help out. And how might it look if some of our larger churches Some churches like within the associations were to help out churches that we knew were struggling financially. Let's rely on one another as opposed to the government during this time.
2: That's what I was going to say. You know, how many uber mega churches are there, you know, just in California, but across the country that could adopt another church and say, hey, you know, we're going to look out for you. We are the body of Christ. We are going to be unified in that but instead, it's like we're running to the government to help relieve those needs that really should be relieved throughout our body.
1: Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think that's a biblical principle. I mean, we see Paul taking collections in one in ch- for, from one church in one city to then take it to help another church in another city. That's a biblical idea. Again, coming back to the idea of sharing. Mm-hmm. Um Rather, you know, if we're going to complain about government overreach, mm-hmm. we have to be careful about then demanding money from the government. And so we we have to be circumspect about these things and make sure that we're handling things in a biblical way. So. All right. Absolutely. Any final thoughts,
0: Amanda, before we go? I just um, would just encourage church leaders and churches to pray about this Um I just wanted to sort of present, you know, these findings uh, to everyone and have you really think about this. Um, I know that they are right now anticipating that these, this reserve that was set aside um, for the Payroll Protection Program, it, to run out of money tomorrow, and they're trying to get more money into this. And um, long term, you know, borrowing this money, uh, unlike the stimulus money that many have received, the personal stimulus money. Uh, these loans, the payroll protection loans, they are an option. You do have an option to take this money or to not take this money, unlike the other one where it's just being sent to your account. Um, so I, I would just call for um, good, good decision-making. And if, and if someone, if a church decides to take the money, I would um, encourage them to set up a different checking account to put those funds in, so that they can hold full accountability for those funds, and to um, to adhere to good record keeping policies, so that they can show where that money has gone to. So, if the issue comes down to um, forgiveness of the grant, that they can, you know, prove that those funds were used for purposes intended, and um, and not have any issues with the government on those fronts fronts with that side of it. Sure. Um, Very good. And it, yeah, yeah go, it, go ahead. Do you have one more thing? Yep, one more thing. Sorry. Um, and in addition to that, for um, for other, other things that I would encourage you to do, um, reach out to your lawmakers in your states. Um, in North Carolina, I feel very confident that our lawmakers are going to look out for the best interests of our churches. But... Um, In other states, it it might be a completely different situation and a completely different conversation happening um, in about 10 weeks from now when when we're looking at those uh, forgiveness grants. And you also have to remember that for the forgiveness grant, you're going to have to go back and reapply. So just by applying for the Payroll Protection Program in itself is not going to automatically um, enroll you into the forgiveness portion. You're going to have to reapply for that. So just keep that in mind and reach out to your lawmakers, put this on their radar so that they can um, be there to champion and support the churches um, in this, the ones that are, that are deciding to take the funds.
1: Very good. Well, thank you, Amanda. I really appreciate it. I want to let people know how they can get connected to camp change. If people want to know about more about your program to help kids with uh, financial literacy, where can they get connected to you?
0: Yes, um, you can reach out to me at CampChangeMinistries.com.
1: Very good, CampChangeMinistries.com. Yes, yes. And that'll be, uh, it's a wonderful resource uh, to just help kids begin to have conversations about their money because God has a lot to say about money. He and yes. he, he wants us to be uh, careful and wise and sober-minded about it. Thank you, Amanda. We really Thank appreciate you, you coming Thank on. you. All your Thank research you. you've done. Thanks. Sorry. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. So just a few minutes, we're going to sign off here. But uh, give us a little tease for our show on Saturday and tell us
2: about our guest. On Saturday, we are going to speak with Brian Crane. He is the executive director of the Orange County Rescue Mission. And it is a a service that is really close to my heart. I have worked in social service for a very long time. and um, Two decades, people. But I'm only 28. So. That's right. I don't know. Um, and I've a, a good portion of that time has been spent working with homeless um, youth, individuals, families, um, working with them on tracks back into housing and um, sustainability and things like that. And so, he, as the executive director of the um, Orange County Rescue Mission, it'll be good to have a conversation on how can you know we help the poor? How can we help the homeless during this time? What is he seeing among, um, you know, his, his shelters? They have a ton of beds and so a a ton of different sites. Yeah. And, um, then I'll also give some input as to what I'm seeing at the organization I work with. And yeah, like we've, we've literally probably doubled, if not almost tripled, tripled. um, the amount of clients that we serve. And so there's a lot happening financially within our country. And a lot of people who would have never thought that they needed to go to a food pantry or, you know, to receive some kind of government assistance to get on cash aid or receive um, electronic benefits like um, SNAP or food stamps um, are. Like they're having to apply for that now along with things like unemployment insurance and things like that. So um, what is the impact and how are um, organizations staying afloat? You yeah. know, I, when I look at our organization that I'm affiliated with, We need a lot of assistance. It takes not only a lot of food and financial resources, but it takes a lot of volunteers. Volunteers. And hands-on, you know, can you volunteer your time? We were running on maybe 200 volunteers before this happened. You know, so now how many more volunteers does it take? And so just kind of looking at that, what are some practical things that we can do to share of our time and our, our physical resource? You know, if we can't share of our financial resource in this time.
1: And Brian is the husband of our friend, our friend, Natasha Crane. And I get to volunteer uh, at the Orange County rescue mission once a month, teaching, uh, leading a discussion group on theology and apologetics. So, We've gotten to know Brian, and I asked him to to come on the show, and he was happy to do so. So having a really devout, thoughtful Christian who's working in the realm of uh, helping to resource people, the homeless and the addicted, and you know, how can we help these people not just not just as a social gospel type of a thing, but you know, in a genuine christian kind of a way how does the bible inform what we do we've yeah. done some past conversations about helping the poor but this will be like some really practical things that, that we can talk about so i um, looking forward to saturday's show so um be sure to share the show we hope you found yes. this information helpful from our guests and encouraging and uh send us some feedback uh give us a like hit that thumbs up um, leave a comment, let us know how the program is blessing you and helping you in your Christian walk.
2: Yes, don't spend all your stimulus check at the club, folks. <laughs> or you can yeah, or you can send it to us. Better than the club. The club isn't open anyway. So there's that. All right. All right. Um, are we signing off? We're signing off. All right. It's We're been good. good. Yeah. Real quick, quick live stream. We hope you
1: enjoyed it. And uh, remember to stay six feet apart and social distance. Goodbye, right, everyone. Bye.